Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, that old serpent, the devil. I want to share with you a story from God's Word. It begins in a perfect garden with the first two humans, Adam and Eve, who are perfect creatures, perfect humans. Here's the way the story reads. It's found in Genesis chapter 3 in the first 15 verses. Now the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field which Yahweh God had made. And he, that is the serpent, said to the woman, Has God really said, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it. You shall not touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You won't really die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. Then she gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it too. Their eyes were opened, and they both knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They heard Yahweh God's voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God among the trees of the garden. Yahweh God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. And Yahweh said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Yahweh God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, you are cursed above all livestock and above every animal of the field. You shall go on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. Now, this is a story of the fall of mankind through the temptation presented to them by means of a serpent, that is a snake, a talking snake. But now the scripture identifies this talking snake with a spiritual personage we know as Satan. Now, this does not mean that the serpent is not real in the garden. The serpent is a very real serpent in the garden. But Satan is using this animal, this creature, as a vehicle by which he offers temptation to a physical Adam and Eve. And he's doing it through this physical snake. Now, this snake is not one that crawls on the belly. So, whatever the state of the snake or the serpent was in the garden, it was not on his belly because that's what happened after the fall. 
So this intelligent and crafty creature, it says, somewhat different from today's snakes, becomes the vehicle by which Satan tempts Eve, deceives Eve, basically, and then Eve offers the same forbidden fruit that she's eaten to her husband, Adam, who is with him. And so he, not being deceived, but knowingly, takes the fruit and eats it. Now, it's not that there's something in the fruit. What is this fruit? It's the disobedience that they render to God. There's one thing he told them not to do. Don't eat the fruit of this tree. Everything else you may eat of. But this was one thing, and the Satan uses it, the serpent uses it, to imply to Eve that God's holding something back on her. Look at this fruit. It's beautiful. It's absolutely delicious. God must be holding out on you. In other words, she falls for the devil's lies, and she eats the fruit. She offers it to her husband who's with her, and he eats too. Now, he doesn't try to stop her. What's wrong with this? Well, he's not acting as God intended him to act. And so he does not protect Eve. He does not correct what's going on. Instead, he willingly partakes. And this is why the fall is always attributed to the sin of Adam and not to Eve. Now, this is what Martin Luther the great reformer said about this passage in Genesis. Martin Luther states, Let us therefore establish in the first place that the serpent is a real serpent, but one that's been entered and taken over by Satan. So the Bible then is telling us that Satan used a real serpent, a real snake to deceive Eve, and because of his entrance into the serpent, he earns this nickname, the serpent of old, the devil, or the great dragon. And he's rightly called these things in the book of Revelation. Let me quote to you, Revelation 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then Revelation 20 and verse 2, he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So according to the Bible, the serpent in the garden is a real serpent, but he is a creature that has been possessed, as we say, by Satan or the devil and becomes the vehicle of the temptation of the first humans. And they fell for this temptation by believing the lies of the devil rather than trusting in the truth of God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now if he's warning the Corinthians about that, we should heed his warnings also for ourselves. Now going back to the story of the snake in the garden and the temptation to which man fell, let's notice specifically 
the curse that God pronounces. Now, God curses the serpent. He curses the woman, and he curses Adam. But it begins in reverse order because you see what they did is they, they passed the blame down. Adam said, well, Eve deceived me. She added it to me. She tempted me, so I ate it. The woman said, well, the devil deceived me. I ate it, but it's the devil's fault, and the devil didn't have anybody else to blame. Well, he couldn't because he actually is the deceiver. He is actually the tempter. But Eve fell for his lies, and Adam simply disobeyed blatantly God's word. In essence, he chose to be with Eve in her sin rather than God in his holiness and righteousness. But let's listen to the curse that God pronounces upon the serpent. Yahweh God said to the woman, what have you done? The serpent woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Yahweh God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock, above every animal of the field. You shall go on your belly and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. So the serpent creature receives a curse of being physically changed and the physical change reduces him to crawling on his belly, etc. But here is the real spiritual curse that Yahweh God pronounces. I will put hostility, that's enmity, uh, that's uh, warfare between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Now, ultimately... The offspring of the woman is the Christ, the Messiah Jesus. But before that, there's a line of faith. The offspring from Adam and Eve has a line of faith. There is also a line of disbelief, a murderous sort of line. You find it beginning with Cain, the first child born to Adam and Eve. He's definitely born under the curse. He's born in sin, and he manifests that sin in the killing of his brother. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He, that is, the Christ, he will bruise your head. Now, the blow to the head is a mortal blow. You shall bruise his heel. That's not necessarily a mortal blow. The devil will bruise the heel of the Messiah, but in the bruising of his heel, the Messiah will crush his head. And this takes place on the cross of Calvary. There Satan's head is crushed, but it's not instant death. He's crushed and is in the thorns of death that last until the end. Until that time, he still has power, but it's limited. His days are numbered because he's received the mortal blow from the Christ on the cross. The serpent, Satan, that old serpent of old, the dragon, who is the devil and Satan, God has him under control. Though we may not feel like it sometimes in this world 
that is in many respects still controlled by the powers of the air that's subject to the devil. But God himself is the sovereign upon the throne. And in the end, Satan shall be cast into the eternal fires of an eternal hell. And all of those who are aligned with him. When Christ comes to complete this mission of the destruction of this evil one, Paul writes in Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your heels shortly. That's the heel of the believers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. You see, whatever Christ did for us sinners who become his saints by believing upon him, whatever he did on our behalf, we also participated in him with him by faith, what I call a faith-life union with Christ. So when Satan was crushed by the heel of Christ on the cross of Calvary, we participated in that, and this will come to its full manifestation at the great judgment day that's to come, where Christ himself shall descend from heaven, and all of his holy ones will be with him. Jesus has something to do with the serpent. What he has to do with him is he is the mortal enemy of Satan. He is the conqueror of Satan. He is the deliverer of those who have been caught captive by Satan through the sovereign intervention grace of Almighty God. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.